This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Okay, moving on. So, fortunately, uh, God had given me a shorter message today. So, <laughs> so yeah, so rather, so rather than it being, you know, 40, 45 minutes, you know, it's only 40. No, no, I, I, I'm kidding. Because about 20 minutes or so. so Preach your brother. You know, so. Okay, so just then a, a quick reminder of where we were uh, last week. So we're in Luke 22. Um, we're literally just before we're in the setting of the Last Supper. Uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. They're literally just about to go off to the uh, Garden of Gethsemane on Mount of Olives where Jesus will be arrested. And uh, last week, uh, Richard came and gave us that excellent word um, about uh, Jesus foretelling Peter's denial of him. Um, so we're, we're picking it up literally just after that, um, in verse 35 and 36 to start with. So, and he said to them, so that's Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to the disciples. And he said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, nothing. Then he said to them, but now, he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword... Let him sell his garment and buy one. So, what on earth is going on here? What is Jesus trying to convey to his disciples? So, he's trying to remind them of something, first of all. And he's reminding them of when he sent them out on their own. Okay? So, big hint, guys. I might not be with you in a while. Okay, so that's what he's basically saying to his disciples. Um, so he's reminding them of when he sent them out two by two. Um, and as you know from Luke 9, and we'll read it in a moment, he sent out 12, and then in Luke 10, he went, sent out 70. So reading from Luke 9, this is the event he's reminding them of, basically. Then he called his 12 disciples together. This is uh, verses 1 to 6. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So Jesus is passing on, passing on, yeah, equipping his uh, disciples. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatsoever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. 
So that's incredible. So he sends out the 12, they, they go preaching and healing, they see incredible miracles, um, and they see their needs being met. Okay, that, that They've gone out without this uh, bag and stuff, and their needs are being met. So what is Jesus saying, basically? So some people say that, well, it's changing because... Uh, the church is just about to be created and that the disciples will be sent out into a hostile environment. And you can't rely on God to meet your need in a hostile environment. Well, if we look at Luke 10 and what happened with the 70, that seems to me it was pretty hostile. Uh, Luke 10 verses 3 and 4 says this, Go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither bag nap knapsack nor sandals and greet no one along the road so (laughs) i send you out as lambs among wolves that feels pretty hostile to me all right you're somebody's lunch okay (laughs) you're somebody's lunch um so it can't be that so when jesus is basically saying have all this kit it can't be that they're going out to a hostile environment it's got to be something different and I think it's very simple. I, I think it's because they were going to be going a long way. Uh, Jesus was basically hinting, hey guys, you're going to be preaching outside of Israel. Because even when he sent the 12 out in the 70, they did not go into Samaria. They did not go into the way of the Gentiles. It was just for the lost uh, house of Israel, basically. And it's now about to change. The focus of the ministry is changing. Uh, Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Wow! <laughs> Come, it off. You're not preaching this verse, Dave. <laughs> All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, therefore you go. And that's really what Sue was uh, saying, talking about a little bit earlier. So, uh, and then baptism, which of course we're going to be doing. So, just so that you're clear, we will be baptizing you in the name of the Father the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Spirit. I know some churches only baptize in the name of one of those, but we baptize in the name of all three because that's what it says here. Oh, also, so what we're seeing here, sorry, I'm being distracted. <laughs> what we see here is the commission to the church and it's basically starting out in this area and then just going out, this area being Israel initially, but then going out into the whole world. And that's why they needed to be equipped uh, Acts uh, chapter 1 verse 8 but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth so that's what we saw to happen with the church initially their focus was on Jerusalem then on to Judea then Samaria and then it spread it spread okay reading on back to Luke chapter 22 verse 37 
For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. So this is Jesus speaking again, talking to his disciples. For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For the things concerning me have an end. So, what's Jesus doing? So Jesus is quoting from one of the prophets. He's quoting from the book of Isaiah. And he's basically saying, this prophecy is to be fulfilled in me. Now he's pointing at Isaiah 53 specifically, which is very, very interesting. So as well as talking about an event that's shortly going to take place, Isaiah 53 is all about the suffering servant. Okay, you'll remember it's from where we get that passage, you know, the chastisement for our peace, the chastisement for our shalom is upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Uh, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was bruised for our iniquities. Um, all those passages come from Isaiah, and it's uh, people call that the suffering servant. Now, Jews used to think that was about Israel, that Israel was the suffering servant. So Jesus is basically saying here, Isaiah 53 is about Messiah. And I am about to fulfill Isaiah 53. And here is a part of it. Uh, Reading from Isaiah 53 verse 12. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. Speaking of Messiah. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Incredible. He was numbered with the transgressors. If we look at Matthew 27, we can see that fulfilled. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. Absolutely astonishing. So Jesus is giving a hint to his team, basically. Hey guys, you need to be aware of this. And also, they had a different concept of what would happen with Messiah. They thought Messiah was at that point about to take over, about to kick out the Romans, free Israel, and uh, Israel would have a theocracy again. So it would be God in charge again. Okay, so that day will come, but it was not yet. Okay, so one day Jesus will return and he will establish a kingdom in Jerusalem, incredibly, for a thousand years. And then that's replaced with a new heaven and new earth, of course. But that's another message. (laughs) So incredible, I think, that you imagine that Isaiah lived 700 years or so before Christ. So it's 1350. And uh, you're, you're, you've got the scroll in front of you and you're in your castle and you're writing something about the year 2024. I mean, how could you be that accurate? How could you be that accurate? And of course, it's because the prophet was moving under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, inspired to write these things. And uh, as we know, there are many prophecies written about Jesus that are fulfilled in his ministry. Um, uh, I think there's the, I looked on the, on the web because that's where the truth is isn't it on the web <laughs> <coughs> and uh, there was a variety how, how many prophecies fulfilled in the life of Jesus 
And um, of course, you now get these AI engines interrupting and trying to be clever. Uh, somewhere between 191 and 456. And I thought, OK, <laughs> that's an interesting range. Why give me that range? So let's, there are hundreds, OK? <laughs> there are hundreds of prophecies. And I, I just picked out a couple of slides here, just of you know, some of the obvious ones. Some of these we talked about over Christmas. But it's just lovely to remind us ourselves of this. Um, yeah. He was born of a virgin, okay, Isaiah 7.14. Born in Bethlehem from Micah 5.2. Taken to Egypt from Isaiah 11.1. Preached the good news from Isaiah 61.1. Entered Jerusalem on a donkey, Zechariah. Now that's actually quite... I had a very interesting conversation with somebody about this one. So I was flying back from Israel. This was in early March last year. And uh, I was sat next to a practicing Jew... How do you know that, Dave? You could tell by the way the guy's dressed, okay? And um, we were having a very interesting conversation. And uh, I was asking him about the third temple, first of all. So what's the third temple, Dave? Well, okay, Solomon built the first temple. Herod built the second temple. So there's a second temple that's there when Jesus is there. The third temple is sometime in the future. And he said to me, he said, uh, we pray for the third temple to be built every day. I said, oh, that's very interesting. I said, who's going to rebuild it? And he said, Messiah will rebuild it. I said, well, how do you know it will be Messiah? And he says, well, Messiah will, come, will, will go on a donkey through the gate into Jerusalem. And I said, that was fulfilled in Jesus, who I call Jesus, who Messianic Jews call Yeshua. And he, he then said, tell me more. Wow. So it was a prophecy that was fulfilled in Jesus that got him curious. Um, so tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. So I started talking about some of the prophecies that have been fulfilled in Jesus. So very, very interesting. Prophecy is powerful when people understand the, uh, the, yeah, the, the impact of it. Okay, betrayed by a friend, Psalm 41.9. Uh, so for the disciples, there's some stuff here that's still in the future for them. But for us, this is, of course, fulfilled. Uh, sold for 30 pieces of silver from Zechariah 11.12. Stood silent before his accusers, Isaiah 53.7. Pierced in his hands and feet, Psalm 22. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, he was crucified, all right? Crucifixion wasn't invented, all right? When David wrote that in the Psalms, I mean, that's like 900 years before Christ. How did he know that? By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He had no bones broken, Psalm 34. Buried in a rich man's tomb, Isaiah 53. Rose from the dead, Psalm 16. Ascended into heaven, Psalm 68. Sat down at the right hand of God, Psalm 110. Incredible stuff. Absolutely incredible stuff. So when we see... The accuracy of this prophecy, these prophecies, we can have confidence in the Word of God. All right. So there's prophecies about the future that are still to come. They will happen, as I've said before from here. But we can have confidence in the Word of God. We can trust it. We can trust it. Okay. So um, in two Peter uh, one, he writes this. 
Uh, I'm reading from the King James Version, so I think it's clearer in the King James. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I believe you. No, trust me, trust me. All right? <laughs> I think it's clearer, yeah, yeah. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God, who's the he? It's Jesus. For Jesus received from God the Father honour and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. So what's Peter talking about? He's talking about when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Okay, so Jesus goes up into this mountain. Uh, Peter, James, and John's with him, I think. And uh, Jesus glows, um, incredibly shines, bright as the sun. Um, And then this cloud descends on Jesus. And this voice comes out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. And Peter is saying, we heard that voice. So Peter is saying, we heard the audible voice of God. Okay? So we think, okay. What hope is there for us? Okay? Does that mean we have to have a vision from God? Does that mean we have to have a vision too to be able to, to understand what the will of God is for our lives? Let's read on. Uh, verse 19 to 21. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. How can that be? How can I have something that is more sure than the audible voice of God? Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So, he seems to be saying that Scripture is a more sure word of prophecy than the audible voice of God. Now, hang on a minute, Dave. Isn't prophecy about the future? Well, he's, he's, Paul, uh, Peter is defining prophecy for us here. Okay? Because God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, which is speaking about today. So, Peter's defining prophecy is not just speaking about the future. It's speaking about the heart of God at that point in time. So, we got, we got God's word. Okay, we got God's word. We got God's word. We have got God's word. I heard a story about a preacher. And he had heard, he's quite a famous preacher, I won't say his name because that then might give you a problem. Because you'll now go, oh, so who's he thinking of? <laughs> okay, some famous American preacher, right? But let's not throw the baby out of the bathwater, okay? Um, he was praying to God and he was asking for a vision of Jesus, okay? Because some of his peers had had a vision of Jesus. And uh, I, I'm not going to get this right, but this is the general sentiment, okay? The general sentiment was something like this. God said to him, basically, pick up that book that's by you so he picked it up it was his bible of course and he said now open it okay open it what's in there 
said, what's in there? He said, you have every word that I spoke to Moses. He said, you have every word that I need you to know that I spoke to Moses. You have every word that I need you to know that I spoke to Isaiah. You have every word that I need you to know that I spoke to Zephaniah, Zechariah, Micah. You have every word. So we can trust the word of God. Okay, We can trust the word of God and it's God's word for us. So what's Peter's challenge here? Take heed. Take heed. As unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and day star rises in my heart. It says elsewhere, doesn't it, that the word of God is a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. So take heed, okay? Take heed. There's a lot of rubbish around in the world today, okay? So we need to go back to the word of God. We need to check whether those things are so, okay? Validate it against the word of God, okay? I don't care how many visions you have and what your visions are about. If it doesn't square with the word of God, I'm not going to trust what you're saying, okay? It has to be what's in here, because that's my rule, that's my standard. Okay? Awesome. So I think as God's people, there's a challenge to us too, um, to just spend more time in the Word. And I don't know, how much TV do you watch a day? I don't know, how much time do you spend, um, is it scrolling up, scroll up, scroll up? I catch myself out, all right? You know, I'm, it's, sometimes I'm preaching to you guys. Sometimes I'm preaching to myself, okay? It's, this is one of those where I'm preaching to myself, okay? So if I get the other side here, <laughs> preach it, brother, preach it, all right? And I, I, I genuinely caught myself out. I, no, I, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. So, but I get caught on YouTube, you see? So... I was just flicking through, I just see oh, what's on my subscriptions, just flicking through. 45 minutes has gone by and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, Dave. <laughs> Something needs to be readdressed here, okay? So of that 45 minutes, hey, come on, guys, I could give up 15 minutes and put that in the word. I mean, ideally, it could be the whole 45 minutes. Why not? So people will say to me, Dave, I don't have enough time to be able to spend that much time in God's word. I thought, if we don't have enough time for God's word, we don't have enough time. Okay. Uh, Peter says elsewhere, he says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Okay. No word, no growth. Okay. No word, you die inside. Okay, you don't because, is it once saved, always saved, Dave? Okay. You understand what I'm trying to say, okay? You understand what I'm trying to say here. We need the word of God in our lives. We need it daily. Okay, what is it the Lord's Prayer says? It's our daily bread. Our daily bread. Yeah, it's, it's word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Daily bread. Okay, read the word daily. Whatever suits you, whether it's first thing in the morning, last thing at night, whatever you, works best for your body clock and all that kind of stuff, or your personality. But just spend it in there, church. Spend it in there. Amen. Praise God. Okay. 
I thought it was a short one. Okay, back uh, to the last verse from our passage in Luke 22. Um, and it's a, neat, a nice way to end, all right? Because Jesus finished the conversation very quickly. Verse 38. So Jesus speaking again. Remember back up in the upper room talking to the disciples. Uh, so they said to Jesus, sorry, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. Now, plainly he wasn't saying two swords is enough. Okay? Don't worry, guys. Two swords is enough for the... The battle we're just about to face. No, no. I think he was genuinely basically saying, come on, it's enough of this conversation. We need to get going. Okay? So that's enough of my word. I need to get going. Okay? (laughs) Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank and praise you for your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you for revealing yourself to us in the person of Jesus. Uh, and through your words. Thank you, Lord, that we can read about what you're like and who you are by just opening the pages of our Bible. Lord, I just pray for every person within the sound of my voice. Lord, that you'd help us put the word first place in our lives. Lord, that you'd help us to carve out precious time just for you and your word. Free of distractions. Lord, that you'd help us have mechanisms to cope with the distractions that would try to come in. Like, we've got to make that list. Lord, help us to just make the list before we spend the time. But uh, Lord, help each one of us, I pray. Lord, because the the enemy of our souls does not want us reading your word. And uh, Lord, we just declare and affirm right now that we would be people of the word, that we would soak ourselves in the word, and we would change this world for you. Jesus' mighty, wonderful name. Amen. Praise God.